Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubo, Slink, Gay Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay. Jeff Parlay is looking at me. He's got something to say. What, yeah, up? no, the uh, so. apparently, so Chris Rock is in Boston on tour this week. Uh huh. Those shows went from 65% filled to sold out overnight. So that's that's the other thing about this is, again, it's it's not the slap itself; it's everything surrounding it. The actual the, the sucking up to Will Smith, letting him talk for six minutes, all the stuff we talked about. You know, another thing is that might have just given Chris Rock another like ten, fifteen years to his career. He's at Caesar's Palace, and man, you got to go to that, right? <laughs> it's phenomenal. <laughs> oh man. So Jeff and I, we, we, we legit spent the entire break going through the scenarios of my buddy's survivor pool. That, that's how, again, that's how interesting it is. Jeff doesn't even know this person, but like why he had to take St. Peter's given the teams he had left and what the other, you, that's why you can't a- answer survivor questions unless you know what the other players in that person. Right, right. I, I, I yeah. just wanted to, cause yeah. I, I just wanted to clarify something you said during the last, during the last, or talking about it last segment. And after going through the whole thing, it 100% makes sense. After the infamous Raiders debacle here on the air and the hypothetical that we had uh, back in November for me. But I completely understand it, especially since your buddy wouldn't have even even made it to the championship game. No, and nobody can at this point. Nobody can. And once it became apparent that the guy and one guy in front of him didn't take Miami, then Miami wins yesterday. St. Peter's wins. He wins the whole pool. So you have to take a shot at it. It didn't happen. But you got to be okay with that. Uh, how about the Lakers, uh, Jeff? Before we uh, get your college basketball thoughts, we have gotten we have gotten to this point now with eight basketball games left that the L.A. Lakers have a one-game lead over the 11th seed San Antonio Spurs. And if you go to the remaining schedule of the eight games, the Lakers have the second hardest remaining schedule in all of basketball, uh, 569. Uh, winning percentage, opposing teams' uh, aggregate winning percentage, 569. Or uh, just to go through it uh, team by team or game by game, I should say, with the Lakers the rest of the way. And again, they gave up, for those who missed it, they squandered a 23-point lead to the New Orleans Pelicans yesterday. And LeBron appears to be a perhaps a no-go in their game against the Mavericks tomorrow night. So they're at at Dallas, at Utah, then home New Orleans, home Denver, at Phoenix, at Golden State, 
the one easy game, supposedly, home Oklahoma City and then at Denver. Um, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. <laughs> remember when we sh- remember when we showed that thing? It was like who was it? Points bet. Somebody was creative enough to put up. Make I remember the po- if it was Boyd or points bet. Somebody did right yeah. to make the play in. And my complaint was there wasn't a no. It was just yeses. So all the teams up and down the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference playoff picture and play-in picture, if you will, it was only the yes price. But I wanted to see what the no price would have been on the Lakers. They didn't provide that. That's what made that prop kind of bootsy. Because you're like, okay, I would have loved that. Because now, what would you say it is? A coin flip at best? I I would make the no the favorite because San Antonio has the tie break on top of it. They have the tie break. That's the thing. So they only need to be tied. So Lakers legit one game, not two games, legit one game for me. Forget the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? We're talking play-in. We're talking about play-in. I just melded Jim Moore and Allen Iverson into one thing. So this could be happening. Remember, seven plays eight. Once the regular season ends, regular season ends April 10th. We've been talking about this. So April 7th, baseball season begins. April 10th, NBA regular season ends. And once that ends, whoever's in 7, 8, 9, 10, Eastern Conference and Western Conference, seven plays eight, the winner of a one-game deal becomes the seventh seed in the playoffs. The loser of the 7-8 will then play the winner of the 9-10 game for a chance to be the eighth seed. That's how it works, both the Eastern and Western Conference. The Lakers on the cusp of not being involved in any of that in the Western Conference. And may I just say, Jeff, because you said this off air, what was your comment about if, if the Lakers, in fact, don't get into the play-in? What did you call it? Oh, it's it? the most impressive feat of anyone this entire season. <laughs> Maybe the... even the most impressive feat from a, from the Lakers, who have had all sorts, other than the one title, have had all sorts of issues uh, ever since the third uh, Bryant title. It's impressive because even those of us, like myself, who was not above, who was not on board with the whole LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook thing, I was like, y'all are wrong. It's not going to work. In a million years, I wouldn't have thought they wouldn't make the play-in. Come on. That bad? Yeah, it's that bad. Meanwhile, in the Eastern Conference, again, the old, hmm, how, how do we avoid the Brooklyn Nets thing in the first round? Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, and the Sixers all have 28 losses in the loss column. All of them. Boston and Miami have 47 wins. Milwaukee and Philly have 46 wins. But we don't know. We, we assume Brooklyn will be the seventh seed, but you know what they say about assuming. It, uh, it makes you regret something you said earlier, I believe is the statement, Jeff. Yeah, it's close enough. Mm-hmm. It's close enough. And I don't know. Like Kyrie came back yesterday. He threw up a bad game in his first home game, and they got rolled yesterday in the end. To no, Charlotte. they're ninth right now. They're ninth. They're ninth. So, I mean, maybe they'll be seventh. They could be eighth, too. So it's virtually impossible to know where they're going to land. But if you if you care, you have to assume they'd be seven, and so two is the booby prize. But the way Miami's been playing post, not even a little before the little scuffle on the sidelines with Adonis Haslam protecting Spolstra with Jimmy Butler, even before that they started losing games, but like since then, Miami, good Lord, they've lost four in a row. And, and the Boston Celtics have won six in a row, nine of their last 10, 24 of their last 28. You think the Boston Celtics care who they play in the first round? 
You think they care if they play Brooklyn? I'm not sure they do. I don't think they do. I don't think I. It's pretty amazing how that team really just looked so mediocre Mm -hmm. for the first few months of the year. And now, I mean, Gil, our our guy Dano now is sitting in the driver's seat. Dan Bespris, that is, on his big bloated Celtics to win the Atlantic Division. 25 to 1 to win the Atlantic. One of the great calls here on this show in the last couple months. He was all over that. All over it. And yes. Right now, Boston with a half-game lead over the Philadelphia 76ers with eight remaining for the Sixers and with seven games left for the Celtics. But, you know, some of these teams will rest guys here moving forward. And you can't predict, like, NBA games on a nightly basis. doesn't matter if certain players are out of these games. These teams come through anyway. What's Memphis's record without Ja? They're, like, 17-2 and two without him? It's incredible. Night after night on primetime action, we're like, well, he's out, he's out, he's out. Oh, what do you know? They won by 20. Like, a lot of these teams. It's the Ewing theory, right? Also, Gil, one interesting thing in the Western Conference, uh, because obviously Memphis Memphis is going to get the two seed at this point. Yes, they There's are. not really much arguing that. Golden State has to be careful here because Dallas is right on their heels all of a sudden. And the last thing you want of your Golden State is to end up falling to the four, which means I would still pick them to beat Utah in a seven-game series. That'd be a brutal first-round matchup. And then you got to play Phoenix in round two? I'm with you. I, that, I, that doesn't sound fun. I saw the same thing. I'm like, Phoenix is definitely one. Grizzlies look like they're definitely two. Golden State with a two-game lead over the Mavericks with seven games left for each team. That's just precarious enough. So Golden State wants to stay three for sure for the reasons Jeff stated. Obviously, home court being a big issue there. Dallas Mavericks fourth right now. Mavericks, Jazz, and Nuggets all separated by two games and four, five, and six. T-Wolves two games behind that. Clippers locked into eight pretty much. And then we'll see with the whole Pelicans-Lakers-Spurs thing. What happens with those three? Jeff, your thoughts on the first two, uh, on, on the on the final four games on, on Saturday? I'm a little surprised, and I love Villanova, and I'm with Wes. It is very hard to go against Jay Wright getting points in a big game at this point. But that Achilles injury to Moore is just such a Dude. killer on so many levels because they were so thin to begin with. And Gillespie is not 100% with that knee. Now you take out a guy who is a big shot maker, plays 35, 36 minutes every single game now, and you're going to ask the younger Archie Diagono to probably have to play 25 minutes in this game when he played two against Houston? Man, that's a hard ask for Villanova to stay in that game against Kansas. If Kansas plays anything remotely close to what they did in the second half against Miami, they'll roll them. And also keep in mind, Gil, this is this is a matchup we've now seen three times. This will be the third matchup between these teams in the NCAA tournament since 2016. Villanova beat them in the Elite Eight in Louisville en route to the Chris Jenkins title, and they absolutely destroyed them and ran them off the court in the Final Four in San Antonio in 2018. This is one of those where it, I, I know it's a different cr- crop of players, both sides, but it's got to be in the back of Bill Self's mind. Hey, I got to finally get these guys in the tournament after they beat me twice when I had one seeds both times. Villanova Houston, you could have in game undered that a hundred times. You couldn't have lost and won every bet. <laughs> like for those of us who only did it once or twice, you like you left that win. Thinking, I'm an idiot. I should have done that a hundred more times. Do you agree with my comment? One thirty three might be too too high. In order for Villanova to win this game, this has to be like a 60-possession game. Yeah. If this is in the low 60s, we're not even approaching the one third. That's what I'm saying. Just seems high. What about uh, the Blue Blood 
game of all blue blood games, UNC and Duke. If Carolina did not spoil the last home game for Coach K, oh. I would really be thinking about North Carolina winning this game. But I just don't see Duke losing at this point to UNC a second time. You imagine if he yeah. beats Co- in the last game at Cameron Indoor and then this. And then this, losing in the Final Four. Uh, I, look, I... Gil, we, we said it, even though they're not in the formula and they won't make it to the formula criteria unless if they have the two best defensive games they've had all year, this is Duke's tournament now. And yes. and as soon as they beat, really, the last five minutes against Michigan State, that was the turning point because they look like the Spartans were going to knock them out. Instead, they're here in New Orleans. I like Duke in this game. I'm probably not going to bet it, though. Duke's winning the whole thing, I think. I think so. Ah, Duke over Kansas would be my bet right now. It's not a unique opinion at this point. But, man. They uh, they look unstoppable right now. We'll find out what Greg Peterson has to say about all that next, right here on the Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. game. <laughs> A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Don't forget, Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and it's simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Uh, we get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the uh, the feedback. Greg Lazarowitz, he said, losing Survivor can get worse. Try being an Indiana alum. Try being an Indiana alum and losing with Purdue against St. Peter's when only four people were left. 
just another reason to hate West Lafayette. He's <laughs> not happy. Not happy with the Boilermakers. Uh, Josie714, love both picks. Uh, well, I had three. But mostly Kudermatova, talking about the tennis picks. She was soundly beating Osaka at Indian Wells before Osaka had the breakdown. Osaka's been playing in great form as well. Um, Tim Fraley citing uh, people who were asking for the tennis picks. Tim Fraley going ahead and giving them to him. Uh, appreciate all the feedback on Twitter, whether it's hedging questions, whether it's anything about the show today. I could talk about Chris Rock and Will Smith for the next 45 minutes, but, uh, you know, I've done enough on that. Uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, he is the host of the Greg Peterson Experience, one of two human beings on this network to have a show named after him, Michael Lombardi being the other. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Greg Peterson. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing great. You know what? We saw quite a bit of craziness yesterday, and it didn't even involve the Oscars. So thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll, I guess I'll start there with the, with yesterday. Yesterday was kind of a ho hum day, but you know, this was this tournament is just so awesome for all of the reasons we love. Right, the upset, St. Peter's just taking us on the magic carpet ride. But in the end, we do have, with you know, apologies to Kentucky and UCLA, the most blue blood of all blue blood finals for final fours you can have. Do you view it generally speaking? We'll get into the numbers of the, and the spreads and the totals here momentarily. But generally speaking, are you of the mindset that? Villanova's too short-handed here, and that really the winner of Duke Carolina is the team to beat. I do think that when it comes down to it, I'm still leaning towards Kansas a little bit more, hmm. especially if they wind up drawing North Carolina, because I still feel like the biggest X factor in this tournament is Remy Martin, a guy that was a preseason All-American, and prior to the game that we wound up seeing yesterday, had seen his point total progress in pretty much eight straight games, going from zero to two, two to five. 5 to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 15, 15 to 20, 20 to 23. This guy is a complete and utter game breaker for Kansas, a guy that I feel like has been one of the big reasons why they've been able to play their best defense of the year. And you know a lot of these numbers when it comes to past champions, Gil. The past champions with regards to the NCAA tournament, pretty much all of them that have won last 10 NCAA titles have been top 30 defenses. So I still think that Kansas has a good shot of being able to get it done despite everything that we've seen with Duke in North Carolina. You know, it's funny. I went. I went uh, yesterday for whatever reason. I was going down list. You know, the list of NCAA champions memory lane, and like from nineteen. This is this is this is a commentary on the human brain, Jeff. From like nineteen seventy five to the late nineties, I can name every champion for every year, and then from. Like the last, then when it gets to the last 20 years, I'm like, oh, they won that year. Oh, they won. It all runs into each other. It's the way our, our, our brains work on stuff like that as we get older. So let's get to these two games, starting with Kansas Villanova. And obviously Villanova hamstrung, shorthanded here. Four-point dogs. Jay Wright's Wildcats against Kansas, uh, who looked great. Agbaji showed up at some point yesterday. That was the other thing I wanted to ask you, Greg. Like that Purdue game the other night, I'm killing Matt Painter, right? I think as, as many people were about oh, yeah. not getting the ball into Edie and Williams. But have, have you seen Jaden Ivey ever have a worse game than that? Like he's a lottery pick and he just disappeared in that game? 
he had one good shot, and that's when the team was down something like four or five points with, I think it was like 15 seconds left. He winds up hitting a rainbow three, and that was it in the game. And Purdue in general, in those last nine games of the season, they shot nearly 30% from three-point range. That was a team that prior to that stretch, they were shooting more like 40% from three-point range. Purdue completely disappeared with their outside shooting towards the end part of the season, and I think it's very fair to blame Matt Painter because you know what Purdue wound up doing the season before? In the state of Indiana, Mm. they wound up losing to a North Texas team that, a North Texas, solid school, they play nice defense, they slow the game down. In the state of Indiana, when everything was set up for them to have a nice run, they won out round number one. I think that we got to be changing the narrative a little bit on Matt Painter because I knew saw North Carolina did not wind up along St. Peter's to even have any hope whatsoever in that game. So I think it's very fair to criticize. Yeah, that's all we kept texting yesterday was to forget the game in front of us. How bad does Purdue and Kentucky, but specifically Purdue, how bad do they look right now? And by the way, Big Ten, last time they won a title, the 2000 Michigan State Flintstones. (laughs) That was the uh, Mateen Cleaves year, if if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Mateen Cleaves, who could forget it. All right, Kansas-Villanova, I'm sorry. Kansas favored by four, total 133. I've been harping on the total, Greg, to be honest with you, which I don't usually do, but this is like we saw Villanova against Houston. I was just saying, you could have in-game bet that total under a hundred times and not have had, a, have had much of a sweat. Now there's no Justin Moore. Isn't Villanova going to use every second of the, of the shot clock every time down court in this game? We saw what they were doing in their three NCAA tournament games without Colin Gillespie. In those three NCAA tournament games, they paid at, they played at a pace that would have been slower than any team in college basketball has played the last two years. Fewer than 62 possessions per game. I fully expect the same thing here. And on top of that, Villanova is playing their best defense. 65 points or fewer allowed in each out of their last seven games, dating back to the beginning of the Big East tournament. And we've got a Kansas team that they've run it into form with their defense. 65 points or fewer given up in all but one of their games ever since the beginning of the Big 12 tournament. So you've got a pair of teams that they've run it into form with that regard. Villanova's pretty much used in a five-man rotation. They were using a six-man before. Now Caleb Daniels has to go from the bench to being a starter. Maybe you get something out of Chris Archie Diacono, but you're going to be playing pretty much a five-man rotation. I like Kansas to be able to cover the summer. I set them as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't think that you could count out Jay Wright, though, because even without Kong Gillespie, when they were playing against Baylor in the NCAA tournament last year, Baylor winds up winning the title. They still probably gave Baylor their toughest game of the tournament. So I don't think Villanova gets a job done. I think that they play it close, set my line at four and a half, but I'm right there with you. I think that this game slows down to a crawl and you've got a pair of teams playing their best defense of the season. Yeah, man, I'm going to be betting that right now. Um, Okay, and then it's UNC and Duke, of course, um, which, again, for those of us who grew up in a certain part of the country, was just the greatest rivalry in all of sports for the better part of our lifetime. And now with Coach K retiring, one only hopes uh, that it continues that way. Hubert Davis, of course, was just super emotional after Carolina got through yesterday. It was just great to see, and here we are. Here we are with Duke and Carolina in their first ever March Madness matchup, which is, on the one hand, hard to believe. On the other hand, makes sense, right? They're both... uh, East Coast teams that are highly seated. They probably got separated a lot um, through the years. Duke's favored by four and a half. Total here much higher, 151. 
I think the Turtles a little bit too high. Duke is a team that they're only right around 1 or 90th in the country in terms of possessions per game. So unlike most Duke teams, this is not necessarily a blazer. North Carolina, meanwhile, they don't do the world's greatest job of being able to close out on the three-point arc. But if you miss your first shot, you're not getting a second one. Second in the country in defensive rebound rate in a road and neutral court environment. Opponents reeling about 90% of their misses as second chance opportunities. So that is something that North Carolina has going for them. And Brady Manick, I think he's going to be able to keep this team close. Ever since that first Duke-North Carolina game we've seen, he wound up being able to average right around 16 points per game. Away from home, shoots 39% from three-point range. I do think that Duke gets the job done, but Duke was badly overvalued in that last matchup that we wound up seeing in Cameron Indoor. Duke is going to be very hungry in this game, but you've also got to feel like North Carolina. They've got all the motivation in the world. How justified would they feel if they wind up sending Coach K packing in the Final Four and making that the final game of his career as well? Just so many storylines of both sides. I wound up saying my line at four, so at four and a half, I'm willing to take the points. And here at 151, I think the total's a little bit too high. We've seen one overhead in both the first half and the full game since the Sweet 16. Now you wind up playing in a football stadium in which the site is going to be a little bit off for a lot of these shooters. So looking at it under as well. All right, we have uh, 45 seconds. Any college basketball classic or NIT picks tonight or tomorrow night? Oh, we're going to be going with DK Nation, Fresno State. I want to see, or I should say the Fresno State versus Southern Utah game. I was seeing Southern Utah at eight a little bit earlier. As of right now, seeing between seven to seven and a half, I made that line six. And then with the other college basketball class that came, you've got now South Alabama down to a pick in a lot of spots, set them as slight favorites. So we're going to be rolling with the home team, South Alabama, to go with Southern Utah. Okay, there you go. little bonus to college basketball tonight. Um from Greg Peterson, host of the Greg Peterson Experience, and of course, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. People should know you're not just a one-trick pony. You're all about baseball as well, so you'll be with us all summer long doing your baseball stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. Baseball podcast, getting ready to get gas back up. Okay. Gas it back up, Greg. I'm going to gas it back up with Paul Sporer. Talk some baseball next. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Paul Sporer from Fangraphs, who was just here in Vegas. All six foot five inches of him. Some season wins in MLB. Coming up next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Numbers Game, of course, brought to you by BetMGM. And, of course, five-hour energy, the five-hour energy workout. You want to get in shape but having trouble staying motivated? Make five-hour energy shots part of your lifestyle and get the energy boost you need to get fit with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's a perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. Flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and many more. There's a flavor for everyone. Get a 5-hour energy today. Well done. Well done. People have 5-hour energy calling like, Gil's too big to do the 5-hour energy read now. Computer froze. Nicely done, Jeffrey. Um... Danielle Collins, Danielle freaking Collins with a break here in the first set against uh, on Shabur. So let's get that done. Hopefully the rest of the show here. Um, by the way, so a couple of things. One, right before uh, the break, I was talking about how with college basketball with Greg Peterson, like if you go back and you, you think of, okay, what's the earliest champion I remember in a sport? So if I do it in baseball, Jeff, and maybe this is just my nerdy spectrum mind, 
But like I can name you every World Series champion throughout my entire lifetime every year. Which is a lot of years to name. But in baseball, for some reason, it sticks in my head. Oh, yeah, this team is associated with this year. In football, and it's a little easier in football because there's Super Bowls, for some reason I'm better at baseball than I am at football because football gets a little nebulous here in the last 10, 15 years. But college basketball is the hardest one for me between the year 2000-ish and the present because there's so many years in the last 20 years where I can't associate Carolina, Duke, or like UConn or Villanova with a certain year. Like all of those teams kind of blur. Is that just a product of my age or it's because it's those four teams and they won multiple championships each? Probably, I, I, probably a little bit of both. Probably a little both. Yeah. yeah. It's a little more difficult for me. Uh, they have selected a team in heart for a hard knocks this year already, which is a very early announcement for the upcoming uh, year on HBO's Hard Knocks, which may I just say also used to be one of my favorite shows. But in recent years, can I call it the pre-flop Hard Knocks? Because now we have the in-game Hard Knocks with the Colts last year. The Colts in-season Hard Knocks was awesome. But the pre-flop Hard Knocks of the last few years have kind of been lame. And I'm talking about the Cowboys last year. Down there at Oxnard was really bad, I thought. And then the year before, remember, was the pandemic year, so maybe it's not their fault, but it was like the Chargers and Rams combined hard knocks, which I, I don't think I even got through it. And then the year before that was a was a, was the Raiders, which I didn't really love either so much because that was like the Antonio Brown year where he was just about to go crazy. Now, on the other hand, the year before that what might have been the greatest hard knocks of all time, the 2018 Cleveland Browns one with Baker Mayfield as a rookie and Hugh Jackson running the show. That was the best one ever. Anyway, the the team that they chose is the Detroit Lions. What's your excitement level on that? They're better hoping Dan Campbell carries this show. He has to carry it in a Rex Ryan form, basically, which he could. He might. He could. It's not impossible. So the the rules on hard knocks are as follows, because – Roger Goodell and the commissioner's office decided in 2013, well, we want, we want this to go around to multiple teams. Because there, there was a few teams like the Cowboys who clearly they would have done it every year if you let them. And there's a bunch of teams that want to know part of it. So they instituted a few rules. One, you're exempt if you've appeared on the show the last 10 years. You could be exempt if you've done that. Two, you have a first-year head coach. They don't want that kind of chaos with a first-year head coach. Or three, you've reached the playoffs in either, of the, in either of the two preceding seasons. So the only teams that were eligible here, based on those exemptions, were the Lions, the Jets, and the Panthers. Would you prefer to be your Jets? Wouldn't be interesting. Boring. Wouldn't be interesting at all. Panthers, Matt Rule, no? Sam Darnold, no? Probably right. Also not interesting. This is probably lines. Of, of the bad options, this is the most intriguing. Because at least Dan Campbell, we know, is a maniac. <laughs> so, like, like at least we might get, like, Campbell's on his fourth 30-ounce coffee of the day. We might get some fun stuff with that, Gil. That would be the only thing we'd be looking at. All right. I did a couple things with uh, tennis betting, for those who are curious. Again, I mentioned, again, we won with Iga on Futures on Iga Sviatek last tournament at Indian Wells. Uh, hit on her at plus 750 four different times and then plus 480. She wins at Indian Wells, her fifth overall title. Little did we know she would ascend to the number one position, number one ranking on planet Earth because of Ash Barty's retirement. 
But that is, in fact, what happened. So Miami Open, I said before the tournament, if you were a keen listener to this show again, I was like, listen, did you make it? People were like, did you make any futures bets on this tournament? Because I was talking about how I now when the when the Ash Barty news came down, I went ahead and I bought and I went ahead and bet Iga to win Wimbledon. Remember now that's the so that's the tournament that she's least associated with because it's grass. She hasn't won a grass court tournament. She's not even she's like the fourth short shot even without Ash Barty on grass. Sabalenko, Saka, Raducanu, all shorter shots than her. But I got her at nine to one while they were still out there. But as far as the Miami Open, the only my only comment was nothing on the men's side. But on the ladies' side, yeah, I couldn't resist. I just had to have a piece of Ega as well. And so I have bet Ega multiple times at plus 450, got her again at plus 380, even got her again at plus 280. It is the sweet 16, if you will, the round of 16 on the ladies' side today in Miami. And Ega looks fairly invincible. She does have Coco Golf. She's too prohibitive of a favorite to play it. But I, I keep adding Ega, Ega tickets, and I hope you have as well. Again, um, I know we like to bet college basketball. I know we like to bet the NFL. But here's the thing about money bet in other sports. It spends the same. And you're not required to watch. So hope we've uh, hope you've made money on tennis throughout. Did you make any Masters bets yet, Jeff? Anything in your pocket? So I'm a little frustrated with myself because it was obvious this week, even though we lost to Dustin Johnson, it looked great up until yesterday. Uh, third place match where DJ kind of looked like you just want to get out of there after mm-hmm. making that big comeback against Scheffler and falling short. That is the weird thing about this WGC though. It's the, it's so much money that all these guys play, right? And they're, you know, top 64, but it's wedged in between the TPC and the masters. Yeah. So like the, the crap out factor is always there. Oh, hundred percent. Especially like, again, like Paul Casey legitimately hurt his back on the second hole and was like, you know what? I'm it's not worth it. I'm done. Deuces. See ya. Deuces. So, Brooks Kepka was the number was the guy I was gonna bet, but the numbers have pretty quickly fallen on Kepka after really spiking after it didn't look like Kepka was in good form for a while there. That would be the one guy I would be looking at, but it's just back to fourteen to one, fifteen to one. I think that's probably about where it should be. So nothing in pocket. Uh we're starting to see the rumblings that Tiger's gonna maybe attempt here. Again, save mm-hmm. your money. He's not going to win in all likelihood. But the problem is, it's the one course for a major Gill that we know he's going to win. But uh, could win, I should say. Not going to win, of course. The last uh, major for Tiger, that that uh, epic Masters. The early morning pre-thunderstorm 2019 threesomes uh, round in the end. Uh, the Tiger won his last major three years ago. But, again, don't bet on him. Save your money. But Kepka's the guy that I would be looking at. Again, I just think the prices are probably right on that. And I wouldn't bet Scheffler at this point. The number's just going to be too, too short. The, the ship has sailed on Scotty Scheffler, who has who, who, who has earned his ranking in golf now as he ascends up the golf rank. He's three wins in the last two months for Scotty Scheffler, who's just sort of unassuming, does his thing, and... Uh, he wins WGC match play, wins over $2 million. Kevin Kistner, who I had in my one and done with Kelly and Matt on primetime action. I'm in first. Matt's in second. Kelly's in last. It only matters if you're last. doesn't matter if you're first or second in our one and done. you got to buy the other two guys dinner at the end of the year. Um, he gets Kevin Kistner gets over $1 million for finishing in second. $1.3 million. Good on him. Got to imagine Kistner if he's in somewhat reasonable form has to at least be considered as a captain's play in the next Ryder cup with yeah. how he's always played pretty well. Great match in this format uh, in Austin, by the way, some quick NBA news Please. that may not move the needle to some, but 
it involves the hottest team in the NBA in Boston. Uh, uh, Shams with the uh, report. Robert Williams feared to have suffered a torn meniscus in his left knee, which would lead to him being out an indefinite amount of time. Williams, again, always an immensely talented player out of Texas A&M. The effort was always the question with him. He's been great this year in a starting role, but that's a pretty – Pretty hard piece to lose if you're Boston. Oh, yeah. With it is. one position that they're not particularly great at behind them. Remember Texas AM's run in the tournament that year? You're watching Williams, you're like, how is this dude not a pro? How are we not hearing more about him? And in fact, he was he has become just that, a very contributing factor to arguably basketball's best team. Apologies to the Phoenix Suns. That's the other thing. Phoenix without Chris Paul did quite well. That's that's been the story with the NBA this year. So that, that could be a huge loss for, and it sounds like it will be a huge loss for the Boston Celtics. How, how much of a knock on them moving forward does that, does that make them for you? Are you like, I want to oh. see how it looks because they probably have to slide Horford back to the five now, full time, Gil. So we'll see. Right. I, we'll see. But again, if Jason Tatum's going to play like he's played now for the better portion of six weeks, oh. they can beat anybody. Should he not get any MVP votes? I'm not saying he's going to win. Yeah, he's just too far. He just started too late. Yeah. Just started too late behind Embiid and Jokic. Are you an Embiid guy or a Jokic guy? I still lean Jokic. That team without him stinks. I do too. I don't know if he's going to get it, but he's the best. Coming back, we'll see if we can't find Paul Spore. Numbers Game Beast and the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do my my dance, bro. (laughs) 
numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program, featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of this action. That's a bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, if you missed it, a torn meniscus for Robert Williams out indefinitely for the Celtics, according to Shams. Gerania, which is kind of huge. Make you want to make you want to bet Marcus Marcus Smart for Defensive Player of the Year all seems, of a sudden? Uh, seems to be a pretty consensus uh, line across NBA Twitter that this is, if not a death nail for Boston in the playoffs, well, that it's pretty close. Well, that's what I was asking. I'm like, how does this make you feel about the Celtics? At 24-4 and four in their last 28, and to lose him now, ouch. You know, just because you don't win a championship without that kind of player as a key cog. He's not going to get the headlines on a night-to-night basis, but that's just, that is tough. Let's talk some baseball, ladies and gentlemen. It's baseball week here on the show, which means a whole dose and a bunch of doses of Paul Sporer from Fangraphs. We'll talk awards, we'll talk futures, we'll talk season wins. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow him at Twitter at S-P-O-R-E-R Sporer. It's Paul Sporer, everybody from Austin, Texas. How you doing, Paul? Gil, I'm well. How are you? I'm very well. Were you asleep, Paul? What was going on back there? No, I was not asleep. I just Skype wasn't loaded for some reason. Also, of course, the host. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Skype. No, I'm just saying. That I don't know why I wasn't coming through. Oh, okay. Also, the host of the Sleeper of the Bus podcast, Paul was here in Vegas this weekend for March Madness. How was that? It was great. I was actually there for fantasy baseball purposes, oh. doing our big uh, main event drafts for the NFBC. So uh, that was great. Got to watch some hoops, play some poker. Didn't get to link up with you, but it was an action-packed weekend, hey, so man. it was hard to really kind of fit anything else in. But uh, had a blast, absolutely. Had a blast. We, we were in the same building. Did you run into Mitch Trubisky also, like I did? I didn't. Yeah, multiple times. Like, oh, there's Mitch Trubisky again. Um, Mitch Trubisky, by the way, here's a little bit of information. Jeff, you ready for this? Uh, my buddies who are all, uh, you know, uh, Washington fans, they're like, man, we, we would love to have you on our team. Right. I don't know if they were being serious, but they were being polite. And you know what Mr. Bisky said? He goes, Washington was my first choice. They never pursued me. How about that? Really? Never pursued wow. me. Hmm. Yeah. That's a tidbit right there. Jeff is passing. He doesn't want to comment on that. Paul Sporer here, ladies and gentlemen, from Fangraphs. Uh, okay, where do you want to start? You want to talk season wins first? You want to do that? Let's do that. Yeah, All let's right. jump into the wins. Let's uh, let's go into the your, your favorite. doesn't have to be over or under. Whatever your single favorite one is. What is it? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's changed a little bit online, but I got it. I have this locked. I have a ticket for it, so I feel like I can still talk up this number, and maybe you can shop for it still because it was over there at the Bellagio. They hadn't really adjusted the Twins very well off of their recent moves. Got them over 78.5. I see on, on at BetMGM right now that it's at 81.5. That's a sharper number. I'd probably still be open to playing that, but I really loved getting it at 78.5. I thought that they did not react hard enough to the moves that they made. This was a team I liked for regression just as a general idea before anything, before the Donaldson trade, before getting Correa, 
Then you start to throw in that stuff. I thought the number would probably get to a level where I wouldn't want to do it. You know, 83, 84. Like I said, 78 and a half this weekend. Still got it. So shop around. Even at the 81 and a half, though, I'm open to it. This Twins team really shouldn't have been a 73 game winner last year. They kind of mailed it in after things went sideways, traded some pieces. But I love the way they've retooled things. And I think it's a solid ball club. All right. Do we see 79 and a half, Jeff? Are you still seeing that at BetMGM? Uh, I'm I'm double checking right now, but when we sent this in this morning, it was 79 and a half. Mm, so perfect. That may have may have taken some action during the show here. All right. So over on the twins for Paul Spores number one. What's number two? You know, this one, I don't know if it's my if it's necessarily like a super favorite, but one thing. I've always felt like uh, the A's when they bottom out, mm-hmm. they don't really go completely in the tank, oh. right? That their last 100 loss season is from 1979. They're always usually decent enough. They're like a, a run of the mill bad team. So I would definitely want to shop the number again. I'm looking here at 69 and a half, and I don't hate the over on that. It depends, obviously, why they trade uh, Manaya and Montas, right? They're still talking. They're talking Manaya right now, and then Montas would probably be dealt in season. The reason that I think that they the A's don't super bottom out those because all the guys that they get in those trades they put in. So it's a group of like quality prospect minor leaguers. They don't just put in a bunch of 32 year old bum, you know, bench player types. They play some reasonable guys. And I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that this team is any good Gil. It's not, but I don't think that they're going to be a full bottom out garbage bag team. So I kind of look at 69 and a half and I'm like, <laughs> that's not terrible. I I've seen it lower too. If you, if you see the 67 and a half, 68 and a half, I might hit the over on that. I think the A's, uh, you know, again, they're going to be a run-of-the-mill bad team. They're not going to be a 100-loss team, in my opinion. Not a full bottom-out garbage bag, unquote, team. The Oakland Athletic, you faked me out. I thought you were going to go the other way on that, and then you were like, I know, I know, and I understand a lot of people want to because they're making all those trades, and they're probably going to trade both starters still, and I understand that you would want to go under there, but look at their history when they have their down periods. They don't always win above 69. Don't get me wrong, but their last three year bad period was 68, 69 and 75. Uh, and obviously that's an upward trajectory. So the very initial season was 68. So shop around for it is all I'm saying. Don't immediately think that the A's are just going to be this God awful team. Cause I don't think they are. And then I'll, I'll save the best for last Gail. You know, I don't have that on right now. I, I could switch it on if you want. Here we go. I know what's coming. Go darn well. Bang. There it is. His you know darn well team. how I feel about my team, yes. and you know that I I try to be really cautious about being too overloaded on them and too excited. This is a 500 ball club though, and they're at 78 and a half right now that I'm seeing, and uh, I, I'm I'm gonna hit that. I really really like what the Tigers have done. You know, Baez was not my number one choice as far as being a fan and and wanting Correa to link back up with Hinch or even maybe get Trevor Story. But I do not deny that Baez is a star-level talent, an elite defender, and he's a big ad for this ball club. I'm huge on Akil Badu. The, the, excuse me, the Eduardo Rodriguez move was a little bit out of nowhere. I didn't expect a big starter coming in, but I love that move, too. I'm really excited about my favorite team. I think they're at least a 500 ball club, so I'm hitting the over. And for people who who are new to Paul's segments on our show, he does not do this every year. He does not go over on his team every year. Uh, this is legit. This is what he feels about his team. So over on the Twins, over on the Athletics, 
over on the Tigers. Again, shop around for the best price because you might see like a half game or a game difference, maybe even a game and a half in, in some of these markets. Again, with baseball season still a couple weeks away, but fast approaching. Any other overs at all? Um, n- None that I'm like super strong okay. on. I like this Brewers club, but they're at 89 and a half. 90 is a good season there, and, and they're going to have competition. So, yeah, I'd probably just go with those three. Two of those, the Twins and the Tigers, are the ones I actually bet this weekend. So truly putting the money where the mouth is uh, because I can't always do everything as easily being in Texas and being told what I can and can't do with my money. Okay. Um, we'll save the unders for tomorrow, and we'll do awards. We'll do futures. I just want to ask you, I want to cherry pick a couple teams that just sort of anecdotally, I've heard a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I've heard more than one or two people like the over on, and I'm just curious about your thoughts. One is the Seattle Mariners, right? Obviously the big trade with the Reds getting Eugenio Suarez and more specifically Jesse Winker. It looks like the Reds are punting on the season, but but the Mariners, do you think that they are at the right number? You don't You don't see a lot of value there? I, I do think they're at the right number. It's a team that I'm still super intrigued by. They were a lot of fun to watch last year. You know, you and I talked a lot about the one the one run game performance and whatnot, mm-hmm. and that will regress, but the team will also get better. I think their offense will be more sustained and, and can afford to have bigger margins. Um, you know, getting a Cy Young winner is always good, even if I do believe he's going to regress some. There's still a lot of room for Robbie Ray to regress and be good. I do worry a little bit about uh, the back end of the rotation. Like how good is it? I am a Logan Gilbert guy. Uh, can Chris Flexen repeat again? You got You kind of got Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen doing the same thing there. Do they both get the batted ball luck they need to kind of survive as low strikeout guys? I am very intrigued by Matt Brash. He's a prospect that uh, some folks might not be familiar with. He might be making the jump from double A very quickly. He's 23 last year. So he's a little old for the level there. Obviously missed that year of development in 2020. So guys like him that were drafted in 19 are very difficult to analyze right now because of that missed year. That's such a critical year there for a college level player. Um, and so he's going to be 24 this year. And even though he only has 55 innings at double a Matt Ash could be a very big game changer for them. So I like them, but I see 84 and a half. I think that's a perfectly fair number. I can, I can see the over, but it's not one that I would hammer for the Mariners. All right. Fair enough. Uh, twins, athletics, and tigers, Paul's favorite overs tomorrow. We'll do unders and, uh, uh, we'll have you back multiple times this week if you're willing because we want to do awards, we want to do categories of player props, a whole bunch of stuff. Happy to be here all week, y'all. Let's do it. Paul, I love it. Great to talk baseball again with you, man. Me too. Take care. Paul Spore, everybody. At Spore, S-P-O-R-E-R on Twitter from Fangraphs. Also on the show tomorrow, Spanky to talk about Bet Bash. And, of course, Drew Didzik, Dan Bespris, Elihu Foistel on Wednesday. Enjoy Lombardi Line next from Visa, the sports betting network. Get it done, Danielle. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 